Good morning. I am, my name's Becky. Um, welcome all this morning. Um, I'm going to lead us through this morning, so welcome. And if today is your first time here at Cranbrook, you are especially welcome. So please introduce yourself on your table and say hello to the lovely people um, that are around you. And do come and say hello at the end as well. If you haven't made it so far, there are refreshments here um, and do feel like you can get up and get one now. You don't have to stay seated. So um, grab some refreshments and there will be plenty more at the end as well. And we've got wonderful children's groups this morning um, being led by Joanna uh, and Sharon. Um, so we will have a little bit of time worshipping together first of all and then the children um, will be welcome and have the opportunity to go out uh, just after we've worshipped. So I'm going to let John give our notices. Good morning everybody. Good morning some of you. Um, Great. So we've got, we've got another church meeting happening on the 17th of December. That's just after, it's going to be straight after our gathering on the 17th. Now this is for everybody who's on our electoral roll, whatever your status is. Um, and this is where we've got to elect some of our, it's going to be called an ecumenical church council for those of you who are Anglican. That's kind of a version of a PCC. And there's four roles that we need to um, organize. We need a treasurer. We need a safeguarding rep, we need a secretary, and an electoral role officer. Um, and the way to be nominated is complete one of these forms. But you're not allowed to nominate yourselves. You need other people to nominate you. And then you need someone else to say, actually, it's a really good idea that you put your name forward for this. I'm going to second you. Okay? So it's not about your own decision, it's about whether other people think you're good at it. And, um, and so you can, you can be nominated and you've got until the end of the 3rd of December to do it, which gives you what? A week. Good luck. Um, so get on it. If you think that you might be right for one of those roles, do come and have a chat to me. Um, I have some idea of what those roles are. Actually, chat to Mary. She's probably got a better idea than me. Um, and she doesn't, she, she's at Rockby. You see, they've got a PCC. We don't. Um, but, yeah, do, do pray about whether that might be something for you. And then chat to me or, and get yourself nominated. Um, great. Christmas is coming up. Have you noticed? Four weeks away. Four weeks away, and we've got so much stuff happening all through Christmas, just two things particularly to take, uh, to point out on the 3rd of December in the afternoon, which is Sunday afternoon, we're going to have a fun day here, which Philly and Jude are organising and it's going to be brilliant, so come along to that, invite your neighbours, um, and then on the 10th of December, in the, after in the evening at 7pm, we've got Blue Christmas, which if you don't know what Blue Christmas is, it's an opportunity to come and reflect, to be quiet. It's an opportunity for those who perhaps haven't had such a good year or aren't looking forward to Christmas quite as much as they normally are because perhaps illness or because of a loss. It's an opportunity to be quiet and to just reflect and to bring, uh, to light a candle and be still together. So those two things let me bring to your attention. And if you haven't picked up one of these or five of these and given a load to your neighbours, then please do. Take them home, give them to your friends, invite them to all of our cool stuff. That'll be brilliant. 
Thursday night, 7th of December, we've got our next prayer evening, which is here at 8 p.m. Do come and join me. I don't like being on my own as I pray. Come and join me and pray with me as we pray about Christmas and all the stuff that uh, we're doing. Also, we've got a warm cycle going on. So if you've got clothes that you want to donate to our warm cycle, which will go to a good home to help those who can't perhaps afford to buy new clothing, then please do bring some clothes here or drop them off at the Young Hayes Centre and we'll make sure they go to a good home. I think that's all my notices. Thanks. We're particularly looking for like coats, hats, gloves, scarves and wellies, um, children's and adults. Um, and we're, we're giving them uh, to, to families who come and say, we need these. Um, and then last thing, John, little cranberries are doing so well. And in the new year, we're hoping to launch a second day. So currently, Little Cranberries is our uh, mum, baby, toddler, parent, caregiver group that runs on a Wednesday. And there's a team of uh, about six of us that run the session at the moment. Um, but we're being pleaded that could we run another session? And it feels like a really wonderful opportunity. So if you are available and have some time to give to help running another session of Little Cranberries, either helping to support our current Wednesday so that some of the team can move into the new day or perhaps might be free on a Monday or Thursday, then um, come and talk to us. Um, it's about holding the space, maybe making some tea or coffee, chatting to mums and dads and parents and grandparents and watching the little ones play. So if it's something that you feel that you're able to give time to, that would be wonderful. So welcome this morning. We're going to continue uh, the series um, of Adventurely. And I'd like to, first of all, invite some special helpers to come and uh, come bring some characters. So Edith and Megan, please can you come up to the front? Good morning. Edith, do you remember what character this is? Do you remember who this is? Mary. Mary, well done. And Megan, do you remember who yours is? It's Joseph. Joseph. Well done. And we're going to lay Mary and Joseph and place them just here. Thank you guys for helping. Thank you. And each Sunday we're going to build our Advent scene. So keep coming back and watch this grow. We're going to start this morning with worship and spend some time praying together. I'm going to share some of my own story about waiting. Um, we're going to have our reading and then a talk from John and then worship some more. Um, and as the service ends this morning, please do um, stay for prayer. We're going to offer prayer ministry at the end um, and more tea and coffee as well. So loving God, as we gather here this morning, we give you thanks and praise and invite your Holy Spirit to fill this place. However you feel most comfortable, either seated or standing, please join our band this morning. Um, and we'll find some instruments for the children as well. Thank you, band. Living hope, Jesus Christ, my
amazing. Thank you, band. And please um, feel free to take a seat. Um, we're going to invite the children uh, to go out uh, and enjoy some wonderful games and activities. Um, so if the children do want to go out, um, Joanna, I think, has led the way already, uh, and, and Sharon's there too, so please find our wonderful team in uh, yellow T-shirts at the back. And just before they go, I'm just going to uh, pray for the children and the children's uh, team this morning. Lord, we pray this morning as the children head out, may you bless the children, the leaders. May you be present in the conversations they have, the activities they do, and the fun that they enjoy together. Amen. I'm going to invite Veronica for our prayers this morning. I'm going to invite Mary this morning to give our Bible reading. God, as we head into this reading, we pray for ears to hear your word, open minds to dwell on it, and open hearts to receive it. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Becky and James, very much. That was very moving. And our reading today is about the birth of John the Baptist foretold. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive and they were both very old. Once, when Zachariah's division was on duty and he was serving as a priest before God, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshippers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zachariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zachariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you. And many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, how can this be? How can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. And the angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. 
and I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not be able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words which will come true in their appointed time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he couldn't speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Mary. Let's pray. Our Lord Jesus, would you speak through me this morning? Would you reveal yourself to us through my words? Amen. Well, Luke, Luke is trying to start his gospel by, by setting the scene. Okay, we've had a little chunk before and then, then, then this bit of passage that we've just heard. And he's setting the scene for what is to come. And it starts with an elderly couple. An elderly couple well past the age of childbirth. And we're not told how Zachariah and, and Elizabeth feel. But we know this. To be without a child in those times, in Bible times, was a disgrace. And it would have weighed on the family incredibly heavily. Who is going to look after Zachariah? And Elizabeth in their old age. That's why you had kids. To look after you in your old age. Who is going to take on the family business? Who are they going to train and equip to take over Zechariah's role in the temple? Who is going to carry on their family line? The disappointment. The despair. The heartache. The years and years and years of unanswered prayer. I think we can begin to, to kind of glimpse what Elizabeth and Zechariah were feeling. But not only that, because, you know, in the public square, when Elizabeth went to the well to collect water, did the other women, the, the ones who, were, who had children, did they whisper behind her back, look, she's, she's not had a kid? Did they shun her? Did they laugh at her? Did they mock her? And my sense is that, that Zechariah, you know, as he went to the temple, he, he was probably a bit like Job. And, and his mates, his, the other priests in the temple would say, oh, come on, mate, what have you done? What have you done to dishonor God? What have you done to upset God so that you're not got a child? And he'd be like, I, I don't know. We know that they both were desperate. Hello? 
come back. But, but, despite the disappointment, despite the mockery, despite the public disgrace, we read this. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God. Both of them remained righteous despite the disappointment, despite the heart-searching, despite the unanswered prayer. They remained obedient to God. And then we get the next bit of the story, which is this really kind of comical moment. It's supposed to be funny, okay? When you read this chunk of the Bible, you're supposed to laugh, okay? I know it's not Disney and it, or whatever, you know, it's not um, Will Ferrell or whatever, but if you read it in the Hebrew, it's supposed to be funny. You get this priest who goes into the temple, and, and there's this angel who appears to him and says, Hey, mate, we've heard your prayers, and you are going to have a child. And he's like, No way, I'm not. Have you seen the age of my wife? And I'm not much better. You know, can you blame him? for having questions. Can you blame him for going, no, I need, I need a sign, I need something to help me believe that this is true. No? You, oh, great, you're with me, right? Okay, now, like, who can blame him? It's, it's supposed to be a funny moment that he's in the temple and he's saying, well, how can I be sure of this? How can I know that this is true? And then you get this angel who kind of, kind of folds his arms and sternly looks at him and goes, you're now not going to speak because I'm upset with you because you've not believed me. I'm an angel of God and you've not listened to me. You've not heard what God is saying to you. And you're a priest, so you're going to be dumb. You're not going to be able to say anything until John arrives. But, you know, can, you, can you really blame him for his half-belief? So anyway, he leaves silently, and then you get this kind of beautiful first description. I think this is the first known uh, description of charades in the whole world. As he tries to explain what has happened to him in the temple, kind of trying to act out an angel. I don't know. Um, Lydia's much better at charades than me. Um, and, and, and so, yeah, we are supposed to laugh at it. We're supposed to laugh at, at at this kind of comical scene in the temple. And then our passage concludes. It concludes with this beautiful moment as, as the, the speechless Zechariah goes home. And within a few months of him being back home, his very old wife is pregnant. Her whole life transformed the disappointment that she felt the disgrace in the public square would soon be over her whole life completely transformed by an act of god and and what does she say what does she say she says the lord has done this for me the lord has done this for me it is only god who can do this for her And she knows it, that it is only God who can take away her disgrace. And this story of an old couple meeting an angel 
and then getting pregnant is supposed to remind us of some other stories from the Bible. Does anyone know what stories they are? Come on. Come on. You, you are all feeling... Yes, Mary. Abraham and Sarah. Genesis 21. Absolutely. Another story of a very old couple promised a child. It doesn't come, doesn't come, doesn't come. Eventually it comes. Waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and then God moves. Anyone else? Hannah. Hannah and Elkanah. Elkanah is Hannah's husband. They're waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. Can't have a child. Can't conceive. But eventually, God blesses them with a child. 1 Samuel 1, if you want to read that one. Anyone else? What about Rachel and Jacob? Rachel couldn't have children. Leah, uh, Jacob's other wife, had, had lots of kids, and Rachel's upset and disappointed, angry about it. Why not me? Why have you not blessed me? She says to God. Eventually, God blesses her with two children, Joseph and Benjamin. What about Samson? The story of Samson's birth. Manoah and his wife, who doesn't get named, which is ridiculous because she's awesome. Anyway, she prays. She meets, a, she meets an angel. She can't have children, meets an angel, has a child. You see, this moment in our story, this moment in the beginning of Luke is not an isolated event. It's not a new phenomenon that's happening just now, but it's in a line of events that have gone through Israel's history where God hears the cries of ordinary people and acts. When God hears the cries of ordinary people, people who are longing, people who are in despair, people who are waiting and waiting and waiting for God to move. And then all of a sudden, God moves and turns their world upside down for good. Turns their worlds upside down with his purpose and presence in their lives. Transforms their life from disappointment to joy, from mockery to celebration. Why? Because Israel's God from the very beginning to this moment in history is a God of lavish, self-giving love. He is a God of lavish, self-giving love and he wants to just give it away. Give it away. Those stories throughout Israel's history and this one here points us to the moment that, that this God of self-giving love is still active in the world. That he's still longing to bring about his purposes in ordinary people's lives. But what about us? Well, That could be our hope too. The hope of Elizabeth and Zechariah can be our hope. Because that same God of lavish, self-giving love is alive and working today. We've heard it in Becky's story. 
waiting and praying, waiting and praying, waiting and praying. And then the God who breaks into ordinary people's lives breaks in in a new way to transform a situation with his love, his peace, his joy, his life. He loves to intervene in our stories today. God still intervenes in our lives today. We've heard it in Becky's story. We've heard it in James's story. God who loves to lavish his love upon us and redeem what has been lost. But sometimes that waiting takes a long time. Sometimes we live and we continue to walk with disappointment and despair. Sometimes people even die in that situation. So what do we do? How do we hold on? How do we remain faithful? How do we remain obedient like Elizabeth and Zechariah, who had no hope that their prayer was going to be answered? How do we keep going in that situation? Or remember, Luke is setting the scene here. Luke is setting the scene for an even greater story. The story where God himself makes himself known on earth where God himself comes to earth as a baby to redeem all of humanity, to offer his love to us once and for all, to rescue us from despair, to rescue us from death, to rescue us that we may have life in all its fullness, not now, but for all eternity. We're part of a bigger story We're part of a bigger story. So whatever circumstances we find ourselves in right now, however hard they might be, you're part of a bigger story. You're part of a story of God's love that will go on for all eternity and one day you will know only his love. You'll know only his peace. You'll know only his joy. And so the disappointment, the heartache, the pain that you go through on this world will just be a short time compared to all eternity of perfection. So when life is rubbish, when life is full of despair and disappointment, hold on. Hold on to the bigger story. Hold on to those people around you who say, let me me show Jesus to you again. Let me share him with you again. Don't stop praying. Don't stop holding on. Shall we stand? Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are the God who stepped into our world to bring life and love and hope, to bring freedom from despair. That you're the God who loves to act in ordinary people's lives, that you love to act in our lives even today. And for those of us here this morning, for those of us whose lives are are full of disappointment, of unfulfilled hopes and dreams, those of us who live with despair or discouragement, those of us whose lives have been mocked or belittled, Lord, you're the God who longs to transform those things. And Lord Jesus, we invite you now to come and speak your life into our situations, into our circumstances. And Lord, where our faith is too little, where our faith can't reach that far, would you, you, be our strength. 
would you write that story of eternity on our hearts? Would you write that story of perfect peace, of complete contentment on our hearts? Would you carry us when we can no longer walk? Thank you, Jesus. Feel free to stay in this moment, maybe to offer your thoughts and your prayers to God. And join us in worship only as you feel ready. But we're going to let the worship band lead us in one song. And if you feel like you would like uh, someone to pray with you, maybe prayer feels really difficult right now, or you would like to sit in prayer with someone, then we will um, be by the cross at the end uh, to offer prayer ministry. So as you go out into this week, know that you are part of God's bigger story. God bless. Amen. Please don't forget to go and collect your children. <laughs> uh, and uh, John and I will um, be by the cross to pray. There's more tea and coffee. Please stay and make yourselves so welcome. Thank you.